getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. And Double T 97.3.com with Jamie Lenton, Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Nice to have you with us this morning. Take your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app for that. It's presented by Happy State Bank. He, he did say, with regard to Tyler Shuck, that he's in good shape. He's rehabbing uh, Oklahoma State um, or after the bye week is what he thought with regard to at least maybe getting back out on the, on the practice field. So you've got K-State next week, then at Oklahoma State, then West Virginia. The one thing that, the one thing that Coach McGuire said that I thought was really uh, interesting, it was, at least it was interesting to me, was that uh, Zach Kitley has a play with all three quarterbacks. Has a... Has a play that involves all three quarterbacks on the field at the same time. Okay. He, he, I think Coach McGuire would like to see him, would like to see that. Because he, he brought it up. He brought it up. Because he, 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 he said, you know, after he said, whoever puts us in the best position to win will be the starting quarterback. And he said, Kitley has a play with all three quarterbacks. So I thought that was that was a nice tease. Yeah, no, I, I it's I mean fun to think about stuff like that or whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess it. I guess you're. I don't know. I guess I'm in that mode now where it's like, okay, this weekend was, this weekend was pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. Your offense has been pretty bad two weeks in a row, right? Yeah. And so. Let's hey let's let's figure out how to block and. Have receivers finish routes and compete for balls and have quarterbacks read defenses and throw good balls and okay. we'll tap the brakes on being excited about <laughs> okay. super, I can make well, he, super gimmicky, I tricky play. He wasn't like now, over the top giddy about it, but I, I, mean, I, I will you say know this, what, Chuck, and that's fair. That's one hundred percent fair. But it's like you know we've been there before, where it's like. <sighs> You know, we want to, we hear all these things and so much talk, and it's just like, man, just win. Just win. And when okay. your offense performs that poorly back-to-back weeks, I just, I'm like in the mode of like, how are we going to get this fixed? In, in fairness of having all three quarterbacks on the same, uh, Smith may have put the best blocks of anybody we've seen from the offensive line in the week game on Saturday. He did. He did pretty well. So if he's blocking for this play, I could be interested to see what this looks like. And I'm not giving up on our offense. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I mean, it's a young offense, and it's a a new coordinator and a a new system and all that stuff. I'm not giving up on this offense. I think they have the potential to get better. Um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to see them move in that direction. One last thing on the quarterbacks is it does sound like, I don't think it's 50 50, but. Donovan Smith and Baron Morton are splitting reps in practice. He did say that. Okay. So, I mean. These are all things that are just way more important than, you know, Tyler Shuck's metal plate. And we've kind of been burying the lead here. Well, I mean, I'm not trying to bury the lead. I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of going through the timeline of kind of what my... What my what my what I thought was interesting, but cl- clearly clearly I'm clearly I'm wrong. Um, but I thought that I thought that was interesting. He did say he did say as long as everything kind of goes according to kind of the way it is going, that Donovan Smith would be the starting quarterback. Yeah. Okay. So, but they're clearly questioning it a little bit. 
That that yeah. was kind of, that was kind of my mind because yeah. because I yeah, said I asked the quick question at the end of like so regardless of how practice goes Donovan Smith Donovan's going to trot out there and he said yes sir Zach Kitley did okay and so I, I I would I think I'd be surprised if he didn't but clearly uh, the coaching staff is just kind of got the impression they're, they're, they're debating at this when, point when they when he brought up the splitting reps because before when Chuck was the starting quarterback. And they made the comment of, hey, the starting quarterback goes with the ones all the time. Okay? And, and not and, that, and the interesting part about that is if you're one hundred percent behind Donovan getting better and in and improving, what are you doing? You want to give him every rep. That that that's, so, that's what stood out. That's, so that's right, what stood out to me. So right now discussion. you're not you're not certain. As a the coaching staff's not certain that he's the guy. Yeah, that, they 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 may say that's that's reading too much into it, but I think I think your point is valid. I think your point, especially when they talked about splitting reps, and that you know, as of now, regardless of how practice goes, Donovan, because they talked about earlier, it's like, well, when he comes back, whoever puts us in the best position to win. Okay, now we're splitting reps. Okay, so now is Donovan Smith the starting quarterback? Yes. Okay. Question answered. Expect to number see number seven. On the offense, running out there. Yeah, that, number seven on the defense will not. Mm-hmm. That's disappointing. We could use him. <clears throat> Let's see. This uh, this is a fair question. Someone put a muzzle on the clown in the booth. There isn't one swinging soul that gets up this early to listen to all this screaming. So I don't know which 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 clown. Which the the smiling clown, the frowning clown. Or oh, it's the definitely me. Silent. No, I don't. No, it's definitely me. No, without hesitation. Uh, PJ asked this question uh, with regard to one last thing on Chuck. How did we not know that he had a procedure? Well, they didn't announce that. He he was Coach McGuire was asked that question and he announced he answered it honestly. And with some detail as well. But it's not like they had any... I don't know if they had an obligation to announce that he had a surgical procedure. I mean, there's a... I thought I heard in a broadcast somewhere that he had had a surgery on this one. <laughs> and maybe it was the coach's show. I missed it because but, I was at the coach's show. I didn't, I didn't, I, that was the first that I'd heard about him having a surgical procedure. So anyway, I, I, if it changes the timeline, if it changes when he's coming back, okay, I'm interested. Whether he's just rehabbing it or whether he's having a surgical procedure, mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't. It's not that. Okay, that's not news to me. What's news to me is like, well, he's having a surgical procedure and he's going to be out four more weeks. Then it's news. Yeah. I, okay, but if it's he's having a surgical procedure and he's going to be back the same time as if he would have just had no procedure. I don't know if the why, why does it matter? I don't know if the procedure changed the timeline of when he's coming back or not, but I mean it just it just seemed like that that was that was that was interesting to me. Okay. That that's, was, and that, that's fine. That was interesting to me. That's fine, but way more important is oh, Baron Morton's getting half the reps. That's yeah. way more important. And I don't know if it's half, but I mean well, he said he was splitting. He said, he said splitting. I mean, so I don't know if that means 60-40, 50-50, whatever. Or 60, that would be 65-35. I don't know. But, I mean, splitting splitting, splitting reps, right? He said splitting reps. So, again, I don't know if that means 50-50 or what. Well, he's splitting reps with the first team. Is that yeah, what you're saying? That sounds with like the first that. team. Yeah, 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 it sounds like that. Okay. That's what it sounded, I mean, that's what it sounded like to me. So, anyway, I thought that was... I thought that was uh, 
Like I said, thought that was interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if Donovan wasn't out there, but I, I at the same time, at a certain point, I think the leash is much much shorter this week. He he said he hoped to see both quarterbacks. He said that Donnie got banged up a bit, and it seemed like a good time to get Baron Morton in there when they put him in in the ball game on Saturday. He got banged up a bit. Okay, so I don't know what banged up means. Do, do you? Um... <clears throat> Do you agree with that statement? Did it seem like a good time to you? Uh, uh, Seemed a little late. Yeah, I think if you're... If you're going to make that move, you make it earlier. If if you're trying to... Now, if he's he's banged up and you just want to get him out of there and you feel like that the game is lost, whatnot, okay, I get it. If you're trying to make a difference in the game, if you're trying to spark the team, that seems a little late. Yeah, I'd be disappointed to say that he thought the game was lost. I mean, you're down two possessions. Yeah. I mean, go down and score a touchdown and get an onside kick. Yeah. So I don't know how you're saying you think the game is lost. No, I'm, I'm just saying. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 It didn't feel like a great time for me, personally, to get him in the game. It, I, if you, you could have gone a series or two earlier mm-hmm. because you felt like Donovan just, just doesn't have it today or not at all. You, you, you keep Donovan in there. But... Again, if that's true, that he was banged up and he didn't think Donovan could go out there, that's a different story. That changes the story. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I got I got more. I got more actual stuff that I think you'd be real interested in, um, including the um, punt re- the kick return stuff. I think yeah. that was interesting. And his uh, also thoughts on uh, Reggie Pearson and that one play that we were talking about yesterday. <laughs> Big plays and even bigger laps. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. 20th day of September, 2022. Time for this day in sports history. 645, here's Jeff McGuire. All right, let's get started in 1902 because Chicago Chicago White Sox pitcher Jimmy Nixie Calhoun. No hits, the (laughs) Detroit Tigers, three to nothing. Nixie. 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 1907, Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher Nick Maddox no hits the Brooklyn Superboss. Two to one at Exposition uh, Park in Pittsburgh. <laughs> 1908, Chicago White Sox pitcher Frank Smith, second no hitter, beats Philadelphia one to nothing. Sounds like a lot of guys are ready to go home for the winter. Uh, it's not, um, a little bit, especially early on in the, se- in the history of the world of baseball. 1931, Lou Gehrig gets four RBIs, breaks his old RBI mark of 175 en route to 184 for the season. Wow. That's a big number. That's a huge number. <laughs> and this is back when it was before 162 Right, games. this is 156 or six-year games, right? Uh, I don't know what Garrick was playing a year then. Was I know he it was like a, in the 45 range or something? May, I know it was 54 with Maris. I mean, no, with Ruth. I guess it would be, maybe it's 154 then too. 154, yeah, okay. 154. Um, 1953, Ernie Banks hits his first Major League home run on this day. A couple of days ago, he had his 500th. Obviously, a few years later. Be a record if he did it all in one year or something. Yeah, we follow. <laughs> 1955, Willie Mays is the seventh player to reach 50 home runs in a single season. 61, Roger Maris hits number 59 and barely misses number 60 in game 154 of the season. The Yankees clinch their 26th pennant. 1968, Mickey Mantle hits his final career homer. Number 536. 
1973, Billie Jean King beats Bobby Riggs in the Battle of the Sexes tennis match. 1980, George Brett goes 0 for 4, dropping his average below 400 for the remainder of the season. Mm. And he ended up, what, 390? 390, yeah. That would have been cool to see him do it. And in 2021, Kansas City Royal Salvador Perez hits his 46th home run to break Hall of Fame Johnny Bench's Major League Baseball record for most in a season by a catcher. Royals win 7-2 in Cleveland. He's a good one. Really good one. It is National Punch Day, also National Rum Punch Day. Oh, oh this would be not punch somebody. No, no. Just, no. just the, like the Hawaiian starting punch. starting to pull back. You know, we have not seen that lately. I don't even know if they make it. I guess they do, but we've not seen it, those commercials. How about a Hawaiian punch? Would that work today? You probably couldn't run those commercials today, could you? Yeah, I don't know. You know, where one guy's punching the other one? Yeah. How about a Hawaiian punch? You know, that gets mm-hmm. knocked into next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> haven't even seen the Kool-Aid gate. I never, guy really was, the wall. I never really was a big Hawaiian punch guy. I like Hawaiian punch. I'm a fan. Okay. Uh, Happy birthday, former Texas Tech Red Raider pitcher, A.J. Ramos, 36 today. Mm. Sophia Lauren is 88. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, 24. George R.R. Martin is 74. And Gary Cole is 66. And as much of a fan of I am as the space race, did not know this in 1963. An optimistic and upbeat President John F. Kennedy suggests that the Soviet Union and the United States cooperate on a mission to mount an expedition to the moon. Mm. The proposal caught both the Soviets and many Americans off guard. Opponents of the space program at the time cited the high cost of the proposed trip to the moon, estimated to be at $20 billion. In the midst of all this, Kennedy, in a speech to the United Nations, proposed that the Soviet Union and the United States cooperate in mounting a mission to the moon. Why, he asked in the audience, therefore, uh, should man's first flight to the moon be a matter of national competition? The clouds have lifted a little in regards to the Cuban Missile Crisis <laughs> in terms of the U.S.-Soviet uh, relations and declared the Soviet Union and the United States together with their allies can achieve further achievements, agreements which spring from our mutual interest in avoiding mutual destruction. So it could have been a joint operation landing on the moon. In 1969. Okay. And that is this day in sports history. They're going to put uh, gas in the tank tomorrow for the uh, Artemis 1 and then uh, hope that it can launch on September the 27th. They're going to do a what they term a kinder and gentler fueling. Okay. Okay. And kinder they don't and put gentler. Kinder and gentler. So to hope that they can... Uh, Get that thing off of uh, launch pad 39B. The traditional pad is 39A. 39A is where almost all the shuttle launches and the uh, all of the Apollo launches, I think, except for one, went off of 39A. Has already got a scheduled flight over there? I, I don't know. What, I, I guess. I guess when they were booking space, you know, 30, <laughs> 39A already had, a, had this. That slot was full. Yeah. It's so already taken. It's already, it's already I think they retired 39A. No, it's, somebody, somebody's it's having a wedding reception or a bar mitzvah over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That would be cool to have your, you know, have a party at 39A. You know, that would be, that'd be, that'd be fun. 651 this morning here on the uh, morning drive. Thoughts, comments, Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to doubletea973.com. So the play that, you, and you guys talked about this a little bit on end of the bench on the bottom line yesterday. And we talked about it a little bit this yesterday morning. Um, the play on Reggie Pearson where he delayed uh, yeah he coach mcguire said that pearson told him that he thought he was going to get a penalty that he thought the the guy had stepped out of bounds and when coach mcguire was talking to him it really bothered him because he didn't want his you know um the thought of him either getting hit or giving out a hit to be questioned that he didn't want to, to he, and Coach McGuire told him, he's like, nobody's going to question your physicality. But that's what he was worried about. He thought that the guy had stepped out of bounds. And he goes, we talk about playing through the whistle and all those kinds of things, but he just thought the guy had stepped out of bounds. That's what I would assume was the case. I mean, it, so if if that's if that's accurate, and he thought he had stepped out of bounds, then you start questioning Okay, well, why did you think he had stepped out of bounds? I mean, did you hear a whistle? The answer yeah, would be would be no. And mm-hmm. I mean, are you? I, I mean, I don't know, but I don't think Reggie Pearson's afraid to hit somebody. So yeah. I don't think he quit on the play. I just clearly he got confused. Yeah, yeah. So and I mean, that's a mental mistake that you can't really afford. Yeah. So. That was uh, that was the case. Uh, but it, on that, but I guess you'd rather say it's a mental mistake, and you know you can learn from it rather than having a guy in your team that you think shying away from contact or or quit. Yeah, and and again, I I just football players aren't made that way. Like they're afraid for afraid of contact. Mm-hmm. So it it would just be hard for me to believe that Reggie Pearson was like, oh, I don't want to hit this guy. Yeah, and that was that wasn't yeah. that wasn't that wasn't many wasn't times you see guys going across the goal line, you mm-hmm. know they're gonna score and they still hit him. Yeah, right. Just to send still a message, hit, okay, well you're gonna pay for it. Still hit him out of bounds, too. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um he talked also about And the, it's good that he has the common sense or the whereabouts to say, well, I'm, I'm being careful here. I'm as far as I'm not going to get a 15 yard penalty, yeah. you know, although it would only been a one yard penalty because it would have been about the two yard. Yeah. Line, so half going the distance half to the distance, yeah. Anyway, that was, that was, uh, that was his, that's, that's that very believable to me. I, again, I just don't see college football players. I, I don't know Reggie Pearson, but we know he's always played hard and all that, but I just mm-hmm. don't see college football players afraid to hit somebody. Yeah. 6.54 this morning here on the morning drive. We'll uh, get some comments from Coach Joey McGuire as uh, the Red Raiders get ready to take on Texas on Saturday. 2.30 kickoff. We'll have uh, optimum game day live coverage presented by United Supermarkets at 7 a.m. The kick's at 2.30. And then uh, after the game, the Double T 97.3 Coors Light postgame show from the Overton. So, I mean, you haven't beat Texas at home since 2008. That's just, it's, it's crazy when sometimes you think about 2008 was yesterday, sometimes it's ancient history, but the bottom line is, haven't beat them since 2008, and this may be the last time that they come here. Recapping yesterday while looking ahead to today's sports day, this is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. 
What you got for us? All right, I'm going to the offensive side of the ball today for the Red Raider football team. Mm-hmm. And you can give me a player, you can give me a style, you can give me a play. You just, I am giving you complete freedom. Freedom. <laughs> Tyler Shuck. What <laughs> would you like to see more of? <clears throat> What do you feel like our offense needs to do more of? Mm. Who do you think we need to see featured more of for this Red Raider offense to get on track? And don't say Donovan McNabb. Excuse me. Donovan Smith needs to play better because we all know that, right? Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, we all know that one. <laughs> yeah, Donovan So keep McNabb, that one out that'd of be, it. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, you know, the first guy's name that came to my mind was Miles Price. I think that's a good answer. You know, that's the... And I, and I don't know if you need somebody else to step up to help them play honest because, you know, right now you can cover him up pretty well and, and feel like that maybe you've got, you've got people covered. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe somebody else needs to step up uh, as well to, uh, to help Miles Price get, get a little loose. Jeff? Any one of the tight ends that we heard all see off season about how they were going to be big key, key components of mm-hmm. your offense this year, and I know that some of them you've had a lot of plays where they've been on the field and they've been in blocking positions because you've needed the help, and I understand that. But once your block is done, that quick little release, that five little cur- yard curl into the flat that lets you get out there and become the safety net, the safety blanket, the the. Jason Witten style. Oh, look, here's your another first down. Let's keep the chains moving and simple, easy throws that we're not seeing. Baylor Cup's been awful quiet, hasn't he? And he, I thought Mason Tharp did some good things this past game. Yeah. Yeah, But I I mean, he had some good catches for him. Cup has been, I don't know if he got a concussion or what, but I mean, and he's not been mentioned by Coach McGuire in terms of being on the injured list, but clearly there was something wrong with him. Yeah, I, I didn't see him in the game that I ever noticed, but yeah. I thought Mason played well, so that was that was good to see. I think I'm going to go a little bit more general from you guys, but I'm kind of piggybacking off of you a little bit and the chat line. I feel like our wide receivers need to be better. I think that's like the quiet little nobody's paying attention to. I don't think our receivers have been good at all. I think there's been drops. I think they're not competing for balls. I think they're playing a big factor into – uh, or have played a big factor into the some of the turnovers that we have had, okay, with them not competing for balls or uh, the wrong routes being run. I I feel like um, I just don't feel like our receivers have done a great job. And uh, I mean, it, it, so you go back to last game and you're not running the ball well, and your receivers aren't making plays. Uh, it's going to be a tough day for just about any quarterback against a really good defense like NC State throughout there at you. And so I, I just think those guys need to be better. So you went with Miles Price. <clears throat> he would be on that list. Jeff talked about the tight ends, and a whole bunch of folks on the chat line also mentioned the tight end. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Another one, and I think I brought this up with you yesterday, Chuck, um, where I was a little confused on Saturday, you know, so many fans get frustrated about the, the wide receiver screens. Uh, it just felt like to me that we needed to get the ball out of Donovan's hands quickly and get it out to a receiver and see if you can make a play. 
And we never tried that because to me that slows down a defensive front. That wears those guys out. It slows down their pass rush if you're getting the ball out quick because they're they're not trying to get upfield. They're worried about trying to get to the side or they know the ball's coming out quickly. Kind of slows down their desire to to go 100% forward. Mm-hmm. And um, I just we didn't see any of that and and or much of that. I don't I'm, I can't say that we didn't run any of those plays. But I know our fan base coming into the season like, no, wide receivers, greens, no, horizontal passing game. Okay, I'm not in that boat. I'm not in that boat. I also feel like you do a lot of it because you don't have time to throw the ball down the field because your offensive line is not good enough. But we didn't, in my opinion, didn't try enough of that on Saturday. And I I would like to see more of that. And maybe that allows some receivers to get more involved and get feeling better about things. Uh, somebody asked your question. Basically, it's who on the offense do you need to see better from? Yeah, who or what? What, or what, what? do you want to see? Yeah. What do you want to see on the offense step up? Um, and you only have you only have four receivers with uh, double digits in terms of catches. Jerron Bradley has 14 for 172. Miles Price has 12 for 167. Taj Brooks has 11 for 79. Nehemiah Martinez, 11 for 165. And then Loic Ponji with 9 for 168. That, through three games, kind of based on, I'd have to go back to last year or five years. That's, that seems somewhat pedestrian for a Texas Tech offense. Yeah, maybe so. You know, I don't have anything to, to compare it to. Yeah. After watching the last two weeks, yes, it does seem very much pedestrian. Yeah. I, I don't need to look at the stats. Yeah. Uh, somebody says this dang I agree with Jeff again tight end and passing game where is cup um, Brian said tight end somebody else said tight end somebody else said short passes I think we need to see more receivers catching the dang ball um, somebody else agrees with Jamie with regard to uh, 50-50 balls uh, agree Jamie I want to see more 50-50 balls to our receivers and see them fight for the ball that from Nick I agree about the receivers uh, let's see here. Special teams need to be fixed. They're constantly putting this team in a bad position. Just fair catch a ball, let it go out of the end zone. Toe tapping on the goal line and try running it back is just insane. We'll um, we'll get to some of that uh, fair catch stuff uh, just after eight o'clock. So <clears throat> there you go. That's that's it in a nutshell. Seems seems like your uh, question was spot on today, Inspector. I don't know. I, I feel like we're all on the same page. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, having to do mostly with the passing game. You, what do you think about my, my point about the the horizontal passing game? Is that, do you guys feel like we've just gone completely away from that? And did you did you wonder on Saturday why why they weren't trying any of that? I just wonder. Um, I wonder if that's related to just the offensive line not doing what they needed to do. Well, Kelly's well, that, that kind of takes the offensive line out of play when you I mean, take guess, a quick drop I, yeah, I, I and get rid of the true, ball yeah, quickly. I yep. mean, part of maybe they don't have the confidence in the receivers to block for each other. Mm-hmm. Zach Kelly did say that the way that NC State set up their defense, it kind of takes away those wide receiver screens. Okay, so see? they could stayed away from it in the game. Yeah. But see, that's that's that makes sense, and, and that maybe that's why he felt like their defense was you know, would key in on that and was good at stopping that. And so they did something different. See, that that makes sense to me. But that, to me, even leads more to the go the other direction with it. Instead of throwing it out there immediately, get somebody in the middle and have them go that way. 
Um, and if they're doing that well on the wide receiver screen, somehow I feel like a jailbreak works. I bet they couldn't that. have stopped Harold and Crabtree. Well, and, <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> or Alex. Torres I'm not and sure Norman. that you know Deion Sanders could mm-hmm. stop Crabtree and Harold together. Just saying. Um, Bullfighter said that Don Williams said Baylor Cup was hurt last week, and somebody said Cup was on the injury report for Saturday. Okay, I did not hear Saturday's game, but all I'm saying is last Monday he wasn't on he wasn't on the list of players that were questionable or out. So I don't know if something happened in practice or something developed throughout the week, or he was just left off the list. I don't I don't know because he wasn't he wasn't asked about it last Monday. Okay. Okay. So maybe. Maybe maybe something developed, or maybe they looked at it, or something. But clearly, something happened. I heard um, they could only take one Baylor guy on the plane, so they took okay. Joyce Woodman instead took of Joyce Baylor Woodman Cup. Instead of uh, <laughs> Baylor Cup. Okay. Uh, Mike says this. I don't think the offensive line gave him time to go through reads, and Smith is already kind of quick to pull and run. There are a few times last game where I've wanted Donovan to run quicker. Like, I felt like he held too long. I thought he should have got out of there. I, I mean, that probably, all of that, Mike, and what we're saying, and sometimes he's holding it too long, and sometimes he's not holding enough, it probably means we probably need to give NC State credit for, you know, changing things up on his defense, keeping him confused, and making it difficult. <laughs> probably they deserve some credit. Yeah. I mean, they look like a really good defensive unit. Yeah. Yesterday, while looking ahead to today's sports day, this is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. Hey, good morning. It's a morning drive on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We come to you from the First United Bank, Double T 97.3 studio. Look forward to hearing from you. Yates Morning Center chat line, benchmark hotline as well. Uh, something for you to do on your own time, and you're going to really have to find that time available. But just so you know, uh, if you would like uh, a podcast version of the Morning Drive or Tech Talk or End of the Bench or um, Sports Talk with Thetford Nashby, blah, 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 uh, you can get it at double t 973com or on the uh, 100.7 The Score uh, website. They're available. Um, and uh, 107thescore.com is that site, and also wherever you find your podcast, So you can uh, kind of get a best of and uh, get uh, a synopsis of what we've been talking about in a pretty short order, and uh, would love your feedback on that. So if you uh, are inclined to do so, you can. If you miss something and you want to get a pretty quick update, you can go to doubletea973.com and uh, click on the podcast and uh, choose your flavor. There you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. All right. Nice to uh, be with you this morning. 8.03 on the morning drive. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, Jamie. But let's hear from Coach McGuire and then get your reaction on philosophy uh, with regard to kickoffs and fair catches and those uh, types of things. Here is Coach Joy McGuire on kickoff returns. You know, the one, uh, you know, I showed it it, uh, to our coaches first. Um, and then we talked about it as a team. Uh, we have a lot of FBI moments, football intelligence. And, you know, uh, the one that we should have let go is either going to go out or it was going to go, um, you know, uh, 
to where it's going to be a penalty on them, we should have let it go. You know, that's a bad decision on our part. It starts with coaching. Um, the, the second part, as far as return-wise, we, you know, if it's in the end zone and you're deep two to three yards, we want to let it go. But if it's not in the end zone, we want to bring it out. We want to be very aggressive. we got good returners. I mean, when you watch that, we're literally, again, we showed that to the, first to the coaches and then to the players. We're literally one guy away from every one of those returns, minus the one that we should have let go out, having big returns. Um, you know, I think we're second right now in the conference in uh, returns. But the one thing, and you know, we talked a little bit about is the conference as an average is not the fair catch because it's going to be at the 25-yard line. Um, and so it's kind of that philosophy. Our philosophy is we want to be aggressive. That's uh, Coach Joy McGuire. Your thought? I generally am a pretty conservative guy. Mm-hmm. I think with the play calling, if I was a coordinator, um, my style of going for it on fourth down, not going for it on it, <clears throat> pretty much a, a... You'd be vanilla. A conservative guy. But I will also say that there are instances where I feel like it's worth the risk to be aggressive. I feel like on kickoff returns, if you are coming up at the where you have the opportunity to fair catch Mm -hmm. and take it at the 25, or you can run it out and you may get to the 22 sometimes or the 20, and you every once in a while break one and you're at the 35 or you get to midfield to me that is worth the risk of coming up short even if you're coming up two or three yards short 75 percent of the time i still think it's worth that risk because i like the momentum that it builds with a good kickoff that being said i think like anything else you have to see how your team's performing and you make an adjustment and i think right now i'm of the opinion me personally if i was coaching i think i would say all right we're really struggling with this let's fair catch until we get better at this the returns haven't been great and we've had too many penalties on kickoff returns that have pushed us inside the 10. You're not starting possessions at the 22. You started them at the 8 and the 7, okay, and the 9, okay, which is a big difference to me. <clears throat> so I think right now I'm in the mode of we should probably be go the conservative route, all right? But I also, so that's my style. But I also can look at what Coach McGuire is doing, and I think there is a time where you know, coaches have to allow players to make plays and show some trust in them. Just like, you know, you're fourth and goal at the one and early on in a game and you're not kicking the field goal. You're saying, hey, we want to set a tone here. and We want to show some faith in our offensive line. We're saying we're going to go for it here. And I think that Coach McGuire is trying to show some faith in his kick returners, his playmakers, and say, hey, we, we think you guys can – can turn this into a plus for us rather than a negative. 
at some point he has to decide whether it's not worth that risk anymore and i can't show the trust in them they haven't earned the trust and we got to play it safe and fair catch it but i think what he's saying is he's not there right now he feels like these guys have a chance to to break some of these these kickoff returns and that's why he's still getting showing faith in them and allowing them to return it rather than call for fair catches so to me it's a different style in if I was a coach compared to him, I don't have a problem with what he's doing right here. Again, I think I'm more generally a conservative guy when it comes to that sort of stuff. But I, I think there's you got to show faith in your players at times. You got to trust them. You got to allow them to. You got to, you know, be behind them and say we can. We think you can make plays. This is why we recruited you to make a play. Okay, not to fair catch the ball every time. We need you to make a play. And so I, I think that's he's showing trust and faith in his guys right now. And I think the players probably appreciate that. Now, let's I, I don't want to act like it's the returners who aren't doing their job. The bigger problem, in my opinion, has been the blockers getting penalized. Okay? Mm-hmm. So don't blame the returners for what the blockers aren't doing right, if that makes sense to you. Sure. Okay. So we got to get those guys better so these returners can make a play. You know, in the game, you started the ball at your own 25, your own 19, your own 18. Those are all after kickoffs. Um, None of those really bother me. Okay. Started from your own 13 uh, after a kickoff. Okay, that's clearly not good. And then um, started your own... That was on downs. Uh, so anyway, th- those were those were the those were the some of the some of the issues there uh, with regard to the fourth and one. Correct me if I'm wrong here or not, Jeff, but it sounded like if he had that to do over again, he'd kick the field goal and be down thirteen to three. Yeah, instead of throwing the pick six, instead of throwing the pick six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he he said he he's. He said, "Yeah, he's he, a, he said. Looking back on it, he, he probably should have kicked the field goal, kick the field goal, re, take away the pick six. But yeah, in that play, it was the fourth and one and pick six. Yeah. So yeah, he'd rather kick but, the field but goal. But he there. said also that he's where he was, where were we on the field? Uh, it was been like a forty yard kick, thirty eight yard kick, something like that. We were close. We were in field goal range, but it wasn't. I thought we were still in the thirties, which I, I still don't have a high level of confidence in our kickers right now." Yeah, so I mean, he he uh, he said that th- there's been some more move to analytics for him, and as opposed to the gut. Uh, but he's and they have an analytics meeting every week, and they they go by a lot of analytics, but they also use the old fashioned gut too. Yeah, I hope so. Getting you up and getting your sports day started. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three with Jamie Lent, Jeff McGuire, and Christian. I'm Chuck Hines. Nice to have you with us this morning on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Take your thoughts, comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank for that. Uh, this on the fourth and one, uh, PJ, it would have been a 45-yard kick. The real question there is why was Donovan not lined up under center and just sneaked it for a yard? He's 6'5", 240 for crying out loud. Just get the first down. No idea we were throwing it there. Okay, that that that's a that's a that's a play calling question there. So and uh, that's fair. And I bet you if Coach McGuire was really confident in a forty-five yarder, he would have kicked it. 
Yeah, and so far, you know, neither Trey Wolf or Dino Garcia's Gino Garcia has given him that confidence. Right. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, the, this uh, Albert, I kind of think of fourth and one at that specific part of the field. It's a toss-up. If you trust your players, go for it. Spe- specifically, your offensive line. Um. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I now, didn't have a problem with him going for it. I wouldn't yeah. have. I wouldn't have been upset if he kicked it. I would have been nervous, but yeah. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't have been upset with he kick if he kicked it or not. I I am see going back to the conservative Jamie. I'm the guy that's like, okay, just get the one. Let's not try for the big play here. Mm-hmm. Let's not throw the ball 15 yards down the field on this play. Just get Let's the one. make sure we're getting the one. I don't know that I would run the quarterback sneak, though, as, as poor as your ability to run in the inside of that line had been all day long. Uh, I don't know that I was would be trying to run the ball up the middle. Okay. And then in just thinking about the 45-yarder, now I'm going back and thinking about the Murray State game where you had the opportunity to kick a 45-yarder roughly and didn't do it okay mm-hmm. where you went ahead, i think you i think you took the penalty uh backed up the punter and um and then and chose not to kick it and that was the point where i would have thought okay if you were trying to kind of get your kicker into a game situation 45 yarder there was no pressure there in terms of winning making or winning the game that that would have been that would have been a good time mm-hmm. to do that right then in there but that uh that wasn't uh that wasn't the case 817 this morning here on lubbock sports station double t 97.3 and double t 97.3.com all right so a lot was made of the timeouts and coach mcguire was asked about his timeout usage in the fourth quarter here is uh, coach joy mcguire on using his timeouts when he did late 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 in the game and not earlier well, if you can't save a full 40 seconds, um, you know, then you – the way we believe is that you shouldn't use them. And there wasn't a point uh, to save the 40 seconds. You know, you kind of go back and forth. I mean, I talked about it right after the game. You know, what do you do? 14:56 left in the game, and do we go for it on fourth and eight? It's a weird series of events because a play didn't happen. Um, because the time ran out, it would have been fourth and three instead of fourth and eight, uh, but fourth and eight. And so you kind of go back um, to the numbers. Uh, you know, I've, we met yesterday and we talked through a bunch of football stuff, and that was one of them about punting right there. We were playing good defense, and there was a debate, and I still, you know, am trying to think through the situation if I would have done something different. The problem is everybody's going to say, well, you had 14.56 or 14, yeah, I think 14.56 left. We needed two possessions. We didn't get two possessions in the third quarter. So you're not guaranteed to get the two possessions. So at that point right there, you know you have the ball and you know you have an opportunity to convert. And so, um, you know, I wish we would have converted on third and eight. I thought Kelly made a uh, great call and we just didn't execute and and uh, then they dropped eight on that fourth and eight and we didn't get the first down you know the tough thing is whenever you start looking through stuff everything's hindsight and of course I that's uh, coach Joey McGuire I, I don't think I've ever heard a coach talk about timeout strategy and say I'm not calling a timeout unless I get the full 40 seconds in fact I, I, I know that I never have 
So that, that, that is a little puzzling to me. Yeah, okay. Okay, and you like he's going to make sure he's saving a full 40 seconds yeah, yeah. using it. Yeah, I mean, we've seen plenty of coaches at all levels squander where you're like, okay, call the timeout, call the timeout, call the timeout, and then finally they call the timeout, and you're like, God, 15 seconds went by. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, he makes the point of when they went for it, wondering if they were going to have two possessions left. Well, that, I mean, for as good as your defense has been playing, I mean, it would seem to me you feel like you should be able to get your defense off the field, your the, the other team's offense off the field with how good your defense has been playing. But I guess all that time, that, and maybe this goes back to what you were saying earlier, hey, it's just his third game as a college head coach. I get that he's been a was a high school head coach, but the game moves faster. The, there is different probably strategy involved and things like that. So maybe it's one of those deals where, okay, maybe next time you'll look at this and go, okay, that what happened in the third quarter was an anomaly with the eight-minute drive against our team. We feel like as good as we've been playing in terms of how we did in the first quarter of making stops and forcing field goals that we should be able to get a stop when we need one. If we can't, then we don't deserve to win the game. Right. Right. I, I mean, it, it felt like you could have given yourself a, a better chance if you had used some of those timeouts like you were. But I also... You know, you don't want to take them too early and allow them to just continue a drive by mm-hmm. not not getting them off the field, and now you've wasted them and you did nothing with it. But I agree with what your point in saying that you you have confidence your team can get them off the field defensively. Yeah, so uh, somebody brings up the point. I may be wrong, but there was about six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Had them third and long. I thought that was a good time to call a timeout and set the defense and stop the clock to get the ball back. I don't know what the specific time was. That drive started with 8.38 to go. There was a third and eight. Um, And then there's a delay of game penalty that's called uh, on North Carolina State, and then they end up punting. And I'm sure that's that's exactly where they're talking about it because they have the ball at the the, uh, Tech 40, and then it gets backed up um, after, you know, basically there was a loss of four yards, so it gets backed up to the 44, and then they take the penalty and gets backs them up to the 49 so that the punter has plenty of room to punt and sets Tech back because there's a fair catch at the 15-yard line. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, that, that's a point there where uh, you could have called timeout. And again, it may be one of those deals where next time he's like, okay, I need to trust my defense a little bit more. Because they've, I think they've earned sure. that. Absolutely, I would agree. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, again, I think that we're, you've got, you know, a young coach, you got a young team. Um, so he wasn't asked specifically what, why he didn't take the timeout, uh, other than his his philosophy of saying unless he can save the full forty seconds, he's not going to call timeout. Which I, I got to be honest, I've never heard that explanation before from a coach. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there have been times and during the Kingsbury administration where I was critical of times that you squandered timeouts, it seems like, because either you couldn't get guys on the field or you had some confusion about what you were doing or, you know, had too many guys on the field or blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to have timeouts left, but, I mean, you, there is a art to it, I'm sure. You know, it's one of those deals I'm sure it's harder than it looks, like every other job. You know, it's easy to scream, call timeout at home when you're sitting there drinking a beer and eating your chips and sitting in your chair 
right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're all great then, but you know, you get in the heat of the moment and you're trying to have these discussions. The end of the day, yeah, it falls I, on him. Yeah, I disagree on that. I don't think that we're all great then. We all think we are. That's right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, we're we not. Think, we all think we are. We're not. Um, and Brian points out he's playing the analytics game that Aranda uses and others. There's no question. He talked about that and then, that they have an analytics meeting. But I think I think he's probably still, and I don't want to speak for him in this, but I think he's still probably developing some of his philosophy for the college game in terms of using his gut and using his analytics. Maybe so. So that's uh, that's just a thought there. 8.24 this morning. Uh, somebody else says, but to use the timeouts at the end was nonsensical. You, you could make that point. At that, at that point in time, there was really much going, much reason to use them. Yeah, and then changing the quarterback when you did also just to me was confusing. Yeah. All right, well, dissect this thing up. I kind of feel like sometimes we're not that we're brain surgeons, but because I think we're sloppy brain good, surgeons. Because I don't think we are. We, I mean, we, we slice it. We slice it up. You know, like the, the thin slice of the brain. You know, so you can kind of, kind of see exactly what's going on there. I think. I think if I were to be a brain surgeon, I'd be a, a very messy one, and the slices would all be different sizes, and people would be like, "What? What in the world are you doing there?" Can I get a different doctor, please? <laughs> you sure can. <laughs> You've been listening to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3. For more from Lubbock Sports Station, go to double T 973.com.